When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. It has already been an event for morning. I came and sat down at my, my desk this morning and uh, Gmail was down and YouTube was down and the whole G Suite was down and nothing was working. It appears like services are back online now. So if we have any glitches today, I'm preemptively blaming it on YouTube and it is not our fault, but we seem to seem like we're good to go, seem like we're online. So let's start rolling here. Merger Monday is back. A number of deals announced over the weekend and this morning. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the uh, Virgin Galactic um, so launch. Didn't quite go as planned over the weekend. Stock, that stock is down this morning. We had Neo price their offering. So that's trading right at the offering price, more or less. Our guest is supposed to be Jeff Hirsch from the Stock Traders Almanac, but uh, my my email is still down. I don't know if his email is, is down or not. So uh, if Jeff does not join, I'll give him a pass because email is, at least Gmail is being very, very funky this morning. Uh, what is not being funky this morning, though, is the market. Or maybe it is, Joel. How are we doing? Uh, good morning, Spencer. Good morning, traders. Uh, market is behaving well this morning. Uh, trying to share my screen here. And hmm, what do we got going on here? It's not giving me the uh, capability to share my screen. Let's see if it will do it now. There you go. Uh, boy, a tricky market this morning. I was hoping to buy this thing at 6 p.m., but uh, I guess I was late to the party. We had a 13-point uh, higher open. Nary a pullback, and now here we up 30 and a quarter handles at I'll give you the pre-market high 36.85. Not much resistance in here, folks, until uh Friday's high global size up there. So I don't know what to tell you. This is just a uh a buyer's market. We are looking at the December contract, so it's gonna take me a few days to get my numbers right. Uh crude up 51 cents at 4708. Uh, gold's found a new range, 18 to 18.50. That's down 13.80 at 18.29.60. Silver trying to hold 24. That's up a nickel at 24.04. And Bitcoin, just a quick bounce back here. $1,000 a day, up $1,175 at 19,195. Uh, Triple D, I mean, is this just people just gearing up, getting excited for the quad witch on Friday? But I mean, you got Pfizer vaccine. It's the most simplistic market that I've ever traded. I'm going to say it again. It's like nothing is priced in. Okay, we get a Pfizer vaccine approval. Let's rally all the airlines, the Pfizer vaccine approval. I mean, we talked about this a couple of days ago. And obviously, you know, with the advisory committee recommending it and they were getting a lift off of it. Now they get that same lift. It's the market that prices in nothing. Just simply, 
you know, basic logic is winning the day that, okay, the Pfizer vaccine probably going to get approved on the weekend. And the market goes up on that news. I mean, you used to see like, oh, it's all priced in and nothing's priced in. So it's a very simplistic market. And I guess that's why where you got to trade it. Just look for, anticipate where that next headline is. You know, the Pfizer vaccine was an easy one to anticipate. You know, we can anticipate if we're just saying simplistically that Tesla's probably going to start to show some strength this week because it's going in the S&P at the end of the week. And it's up nine points here this morning. Again, that's overall market effects helping it as well. But am I going to short Tesla right now into this? Probably not because a simplistic trade is working and simplistically you'd think it's going to show some strength this week, relative strength at least. So that's how I'm approaching this market. Simple Simon. Okay. Uh, Very light earnings week until later in the week. So we won't be discussing that. Uh, Not sure if the analysts are getting ready for, well, I would say vacations. I've been thinking about taking a vacation, but I I don't know where to go. I I don't, there's really uh I don't know. I'm not hopping on a plane quite yet, but um, analysts are quiet. But uh, we're getting some M&As in here before the end of the year. I, I, I don't think the next administration is going to frown upon M&As. But do you want to start there, Spencer? Yeah, this is this is no small deal. So Alexion Pharmaceuticals, tickers ALXM, that's uh, one of your big gainers of the morning, that is getting uh, at least an offer uh, uh, from AstraZeneca is going to buy the company for $39 billion. It's a cash and stock deal. So the numbers are $60 per share in cash uh, plus, uh, and then the, ra- the ratio is a 2.12 Four, three. Again, that's I gotta go my arb sheet. Two point I can find two, it here in the mess of my desk. Okay. Two point one two four three shares of Whoa, Ashton slow down. Two point one two four three. Yep, two point one two four three shares of AstraZeneca um, plus the sixty dollars a share in cash. That's what this deal and that comes out to thirty nine billion dollars. So all you need to know for your risk arbs, because sometimes people get confused when there's a cash component, you just ignore the cash component and go with the ratio. So um, after obviously we're pricing it all in today, but once the risk arbs settles down the next couple of days, tip what, what should happen is that ALXN will move up $2.12 for every dollar that AstraZeneca moves. So if you're going to trade that deal after today, again, because we know it's all pricing in, that's why you see, you know, all of a sudden the big move today, but when the dust settles here, that's how it's going to move. So I love trading the deals. There's opportunities trading the deals. I made money for it for 20 years trading these deals. Um, but again, you know, you're going in there picking up nickels and dimes. So a lot of people want to make 10, 20, 30% of their money. You're not going to do that unless you were long Alexion overnight. What that about is, how do they treat you? Just real quick, how do they treat you on margin on that? What do you mean? Do you have on both sides, like if you're taking the positions home overnight? Yeah, I mean, if you're in a retail account, again, I'm in a prop account. So okay, it's completely I'm, different. I'm in, I'm in a completely different situation. I'm bright trading here. I'm using proprietary money, so you know, margin isn't as important. Okay. As, you know what kind of capital you have access to. Um, you know, the, the, and that's a big difference. You know, we don't talk. What is a prop trader? I mean, prop traders are using their company's money to trade with. So they provide me capital, and then obviously I get a cut of the profits. Um, and, and obviously there's different deals, you know, and that we can you know get into that another time. No, but, but they do charge you long on one and short on the Yeah, other. I mean, okay. typically in a retail account, for sure, you're using a margin on both sides. So this is why doing this kind of stuff, you know, in a retail account with 50 grand in it or 20 grand in it or 10 grand, it's kind of hard to do. So, but I know there's a lot of traders who listen to us out there have, have big accounts. There's also, you know, you can totally do this on interactive brokers you know, strategies like this is also just to understand, you know, the movement, because sometimes you'll see a stock move. And obviously, there's, you know, there's risk arbitrage factors in there. I mean, if you're doing a technical setup on Alexion right now, you're wasting your time, because it's just going to move off of AstraZeneca. So technicals are useless on that. Now, it's now all about just AstraZeneca technicals. So because it will be a leader, obviously, AstraZeneca is going to really be your leader, because it trades over in Europe and starts trading at three o'clock in the morning. So it's already priced in. So after today, I would just look at charts on AstraZeneca. I wouldn't even look at a chart on Alexion anymore. All right. Uh, full disclosure, uh, I have a very small long-term position in AstraZeneca. Well, you're getting hit here this morning because they, they paid a big premium. We know what happens to the acquirers when they pay a big premium and it's an all-stock deal. The risk herbs come and slam it down, and they're knocking it down 5.6%. And again, I'd like to say this would bounce right back, but 
this is trading over in Europe. It's already priced in. It's been trading for five hours. It's got a one cent market here right now. So it's kind of where it wants to be. With that being said, we can do technicals on AstraZeneca. And I would say sure. that $50 level is very important for a zebra N. Yeah. I mean, they're hitting it because, I mean, it's a decent sized deal here. Uh, let me go to the chart. It's hitting 50 a couple times. This this one just didn't get the pops off. It's vaccine news. I know they had to delay a trial. You haven't even got to 50 yet in the pre-market. Not only does that look like a good level on the dailies, but it looks good on the monthlies as well as you had uh, your October and November low there. Trying to recover. Like you said, most of the move is already priced in, so won't get a lot of movement. I see some short-term resistance just under 51.50. And then we have a, we have a More bidding deals. war. Yeah, it, it's not it's not so much a done deal, uh, not as much as the AstraZeneca Alexion thing, but this we've got a bidding war here in EIDX. There was already an offer that that's that's IDOS. There was already an offer on the table at seventy three and a quarter uh, from uh, from BBIO and. You, if you pull up a daily, you'll see that that big that big gap up from October fifth. That's when that headline came out, and then reports uh, of of more suitors in play. And then we got it over the weekend. GlaxoSmithKline (GSK) has made an offer of one hundred and twenty dollars per share. For, and for who's the one in, uh, in play? EIDX is in play here. So we've got a bit more for EIDX between GlaxoSmithKline and. That stock has just been running and running. I guess everybody wants this, and this is priced in a bidding war. It looks like before the bidding war even started, this thing has just been a monster stock. It's $116 here in the pre, or actually after hours is $116. has not traded here this morning. Is it open? I just, I didn't know if it was halter. No, it is open. So there's no action on it. There's been no bids, no offers, no action. So not too many people looking at this, but. Um, I can't argue with the chart. You can't argue with, you know, if it's in play, stocks are in play. I always say technicals go away because the deal comes on the table could go off anywhere. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah. With this one, you know, that's one time. Usually <clears throat> I like to say you get that initial pop, you get that initial surge and that's it. But when things, you know, go into play like this one. Yeah. Wow. What a move. Okay. Well, look, Big keep move. your eye on, uh, on the tape on that one. And then last one, quit. this one's quick, uh, smaller, well, I guess not small, but uh, a bank deal, regional bank deal. Huntington is merging with TCF, so H-B-A-N and TCF. Do we have a ratio on that one? Uh, yeah, it's a $22 billion deal. The ratio, I had All stock? It. Yeah, I had it, and then I lost it. I like this. I'm getting all these new risk card plays. What do you think? What do you think? End of the year is like this. They're just trying to put their money to work. Or they're Jason made a good point. He tweeted out last night that actually the CEO of HBAN talked at a TCF conference two months ago. I wonder if they started talking at that conference in the D. You wonder if there, that's where where the, the smoke started, where that, they started that, talking. That, yep. A couple. Well, they, I'm sure they're in other places in Michigan, but those yeah. are uh, two local banks. Yeah. Huh? So looks like that's where they maybe started talking. It's interesting when you look back and you say, you know, Jason digging there and saying, hey, they, he spoke at a conference. Maybe we should stuff. dust off um, Tim Melvin. And you know why? Yeah, when you talk to these smaller banks, Spencer's yeah. still digging for that ratio. I don't know if he's Oh, I know. I, I'm, I'm looking in the press release and I actually don't even see it. So I don't know if. Um... Well, we'll find that out for you and we'll get back to it. So yeah. I'm um... probably the only person interested in it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> People all want to talk to these high flyers. We haven't talked to high flyers yet today. We probably should move on to those. Hey. One high flyer that did not fly high over the weekend. Look at how I segue this, that Spencer. It's going to be Virgin Galactic and you've got to uh... talk to me. What happened? Okay, so it was it was a success in that like nothing blew up, right? And, and, like, <laughs> that doesn't sound that successful. Okay, everybody, everyone is is fine and safe. Like it was not nothing like that. But the the objective of the test flight was to get to space, and they didn't get to space. So as soon as the mm. ship, as as soon as it was released from like the 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 mothership, whatever you want to call that, the the launch sequence, I I guess failed to start. So they they're like, all right, we're going back down. So it's never good when your space stock <laughs> fails to go to space. So anyways, that's why it's down 16% here this morning. I, I, I still think the story is here. I love this story. There's going to be more test flights. There's going to be successful test flights. Think about the headlines in 2021 for space. We were talking about on Friday about anticipating headlines. 
this going to probably be, there could be some negative ones like this one here. Maybe they just fail and they can't figure it out. But I will tell you, Branson's a pretty smart guy. He will figure this out. And he has a lot of smart engineers on this. I think eventually they will get to space. I think eventually they will fly people into space. I think eventually it's going to be a storied stock in 2021. So I would be so inclined to buy the dip on this. I think 25 bucks. Well, remember, remember, oh, look where it got down to. It got down to 23. I wish I would have been out there. He's supposed to go to space the end of Q1. Yeah, we hope it doesn't. We hope he his flight's okay because if something happened to him, then that's problems. So I I I I like the story. I'm kind of ticked off at myself because I was in this. I said I was going to put this. I was in this. I said I was going to put in the long term portfolio and forget about it. And I watched it go from like 15, 23. 24 and then it came all the way back down to 16 and then gave back up to 22 and i was like you know what i watched my gain go away once i'm not going to watch it go away again i sold it and obviously that was this terrible timing and it continued to run since then so i think i sold out of 22 or 23 um i'm getting it close to back you know obviously to where it was where i sold it i kind of want my shares back because i do think the story stock can be there obviously cannot look at you know the valuation or anything like that they don't have revenue but it's about the story. We talk about that all the time. Could the story get hot in 2021? I think it can. I think I want to own this one in 2021. So I am looking at this dip to buy. I don't know if I'm striking today or I'm going to wait for the dust to settle, but I might start nibbling today on some SPCE. Go right see, ahead. See what happens. You, yeah. you don't want a piece of it. You're now, not a believer in space. You couldn't pay me $350,000 to go. I would space. do it if it wasn't 350, 350 grand. Is that how much it is for a ticket? Is that yeah, that's what it was before. Grand? Yeah, yep. Maybe they got a like coupon day or something. You know, for, you know, like, a Groupon. A Groupon. I want a Groupon for space, you know, for, for flying Virgin Galactic. Wait, yeah, can um, I do something real fast? There was a headline from Bloomberg, Bloomberg that just came across the tape that said uh, tech giants are going to face EU fines as high as 10% of their annual revenue. So oh, God. that's what really hit that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was gonna say that, but I saw the market going down. But I'm always an alarmist, and I didn't want to say. This <laughs> will go. Oh, the spoons went down four points. What are you freaking out about? <laughs> yeah. I kind of felt the headline, but I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna say anything. Hardly anything. So we got. If we oh. just look at the giants here, Apple just turned red. We have Google is seriously red but google might have been red a little bit be with the youtube problems here this morning i didn't look at google this morning so i'm not sure about that but google's down nine bucks here now so that's significant was there any other specific companies mentioned in it i'm like a no. facebook down no. two box how in the hell could they just come out and say that that they're gonna do that well, whatever they're, they want they're pretty heavy on the on the regulation over there much more much more so than the u.s and so they've been talking about and amazon too they've been talking about this for for years it seems how about like. if we pull pmp off uh any european country and we'll we'll counterattack sure that with help. that i'm sure that would help i don't <laughs> i mean trading these headlines on these things is difficult i'd say great support in apple at 120 i don't know if you're going to get there look at that range 120 to 125 and then i also i'm going back to august that closed the day uh before the split that I believe that was one twenty four forty. So that's a, that's a major area. Uh, Google's trading down. I mean, these things, even if it does happen, it's going to take a long time. Google looks kind of tired. That's hanging out. That's down eight twenty seven. It's had a good run. Uh, yeah. It's been running for a while. I still, you know, I've, I've been long Google forever. I've obviously said on this show multiple times, I think it's going to be the most valuable company in the world, but they're all there. I mean, Amazon, Google, it's hard to you know take one over the other. I would I would argue that the Amazon chart looks tired. I'm long all of these stocks. I plan on staying long all of these stocks. But I will tell you the one chart that actually does look tired is Amazon. I Amazon technicals don't look great. I still think the stock's a story stock. I still think it's Amazon. I still think eventually it's going to five thousand. But it looks like I could cool off here a bit. If I wasn't long Amazon for long long term, I'd probably sell it. And then try to re-get it. But I always know what happens when I go in my long-term portfolio and I sell stock. I think I'm going to get it cheaper. Then it blasts off and I miss it. And then I don't rebuy it. And then I'm mad at myself two years later. So try not to do that with the Amazon. But as right now, looks that Amazon t- chart looks tired to me. Yeah. Look at all those lows that you've had uh, just below 3,100. 
And when it came down there in early October, it bounced right up, right, to 3,200. And now you're coming down here again, and you're not bouncing right up. Uh, and, that you know, not, when you hang out and support for too long, you tend to take it out. Yeah. So I would just use yesterday's low as, a, you know, as a parameter on the downside. And then, I don't know, are we going to get under 3,000? I mean, I think the, they'd really have to hit the market on this one. I don't think this headline's going to do it. It possibly could. But um, I mean, it's had a great run this year. Maybe this one it's might still be up. Little... thirteen yeah. points this morning. So they're not even hitting it here this morning. It, it just overall, I'm mean, looking at the weeklies. I looks a little bit exhausted. It's look at the monthlies. Year. Look at the monthlies too know, down here in the bottom right here. quarter. Yeah, you hmm. need to hold if you know you need to hold the whole three thousand psychological level, and then maybe we dip below it and shake a few people out again. I mean, we know if we get down below three thousand, we could hit some stops. So maybe this is one of those undercut and rally type trades, you know, that we always talk with Gil Morales about. He loves the undercut and rally. I mean, maybe get under three thousand, hit a few stops under there, and then maybe you know it pops back up and then you strike. But and- right now, I'd lay off if I- I'm long Amazon. I'm staying long Amazon, but if I went in, I'd lay off right now. Facebook keeps getting hit. This is just another, you know, another thing on them, but they're still way off Friday. Not way off, but you're still off Friday's low. Uh, that was down near 270. So 270 is your number in Facebook. So we'll see what happens with the European Union. Spoo's just kind of shrugged. I mean, they bounced. They hit it five points, bounced back two or three. So just a headline. So, uh, yeah, uh, Joel, Dean says great call on your Salesforce levels the other week. So he repeated that. Let me see. What Where is the, it? Um, it balanced. It filled that gap you're talking about. It's Hoya's 220 trying to hold, 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 but hanging out here too long. I'm yeah. long Salesforce. I bought half the piece. I, I'd buy the other half. It got down to 200. It's been hanging out here too long in this 220. So that's concerning. But I support it, support until it's broken. So as long as above 220, I can't with those three lows. That's a great, you know, one, two, three, like boom, 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 all right there. So your support is clearly defined in here below 220. And then you're going to test the low, obviously, from three, three days ago, 215. And then it gets dicey all the way down to 200. So bulls, you need to hold 200, 220 to stay in charge. And just this is just my way of looking technical analysis is that you have the four lows at the 220. If it happens to get through there, I mean, we're trading over 323. I don't know if I would hold out for that low of the move because I think enough people are, you know, loaded up there that want it. I think if it takes that out, we'll have no problem. Stops. Yeah, hit some stops and then that that low at uh, 1563 of the gap. But and also 230, man, someone wants to sell this stock at 230. So keep an eye on that for resistance. And also if you're trading, you know, if you're trading slack, you know, there you go. There's your there's going to be your primary mover. Someone said rocks, uh, rockets moving here in the pre-market. I had a good day uh, last week there on on uh, thir- Wednesday or Thursday. It popped up, and now it's starting to show some life here again. There, were, I saw some people tweeting out the technicals. I actually did re- retweet one gentleman there on the technicals. There, he was saying this is ready to break out. I was saying it's about time. <laughs> we have been waiting this thing. I feel like you know this has been like when I said I looked at my long-term portfolio. And there's not a lot of stocks that I'm down in, you know, and it's not that I'm a genius trader. It's just that everything has been going straight up in my long-term portfolio because I don't actively trade my long-term portfolio. I stuck the rocket in there. It's one of the only losers. Um, so I think eventually it does come back to why I'm sticking with it, but I'm not holding my breath here because this stock has just been a perennial underperformer. And every time it seems to pop up, it just finds more sellers. Um, I've obviously bought this way too high at $24. I don't know what to say. It pops up and you got overhead supply. So it's tough to just go. I don't think this is one that's going to blast off 25, 28, 30, unless some story comes out or it gets behind it or something. I, I just can't see unless Kramer, maybe Kramer starts getting behind it, but he's kind of lukewarm he did. too now. He did. He had the Kramer pop in this back in August. And when you saw those three big candles, that was Kramer, like Jim Kramer moving stocks like nobody's business. And he's lukewarm to it. So he stays lukewarm on this. It's tough to get bullish. Remember that trend line I drew I drew on Lyft a long time ago? Remember that it was it was over a longer. I wonder if I kept it on here. I a left stock. Holy mackerel. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, I remember you drew it and you're like it's just starting to cut through and look, it's still on there. <laughs> it, it did in one day, it gapped up in one day. An old chicken Joel didn't go, it was it gapped up on this day right through it. Classic Man. reopening play too, though. I mean, very, 
you know, we'd say Uber's got the Uber Eats. Lyft was all in on reopening. So it's not surprising that the stock went up substantially in November when all the other reopening stocks really blasted off. All Pfizer. Pfizer vaccine came out that Monday and the stock has never looked back since. I know we've had, I think we've had an earnings or we've had some individual company news in there, but this has been lifted by the Pfizer vaccine. No doubt about it. All right, S&P, still a nice game this morning, up uh, 27 handles. Uh, no daily swing trader. I never bought it. I, it gapped and gapped and gone, and I wasn't on. I didn't chase it. That's probably, if I have to identify my worst trade in the markets, it's not chasing stocks that have gaps up like that. I, for some reason, I think everyone, every yeah, gap, in the, the gap and go, get... it's been the year of the gap and go. I so saw... if you've been chasing up gaps. You've actually been doing pretty, pretty good. I mean, my buddy, Chris, I used to trade with that bright and he, you know, he gets on these earnings and when they gap up like that, he starts getting options heavy and he's a big believer in the gap and go. And I think he had a pretty good year here too. So there is money to be made trading these gap and goes. And what we mean by that is stock earnings come out, they gap up. Like Upwork would be one of his classic examples where you get the big gap up. You know what? And then it holds it. You know, it tried a couple of times to take out the lows of the move, but it did not want to take out the 25. And then eventually it starts to run again. So it's almost like it gaps up. Give it a couple of days. Let it test it. But if it holds and it keeps holding for a couple of days, that's telling you that that gap might not fill. There's a lot of traders believe that all gaps fill. Not the case. Definitely not the case in Upwork and definitely not the case, you know, that it always happens. What Some about cases kids? they eventually come back down. Pardon me? Uh, pin, pin interest. Did it do the same thing? Yeah, that one, yeah, a gap and went. Oh, it did fill it eventually, though. No, nah, uh, not the not the main one. Not the one. little one. No. The, no. But the big one, the big gap up, it eventually did. So and you know went, why wow, also that's a viable? down to 52. You know why also that's a viable strategy? Yeah, why? You know, you're out. Yeah, I know. It's well-defined. You're using that gap and it starts to get into there. I mean, in the p case of Pinterest, I guess you'd been stopped out when it started filling that gap and it would have been the undercut and rally where, you know, Gil Morales would buy your stock from you. But there's, 45 there's... to 50. What was that the actual earnings or was there something? Because there's two major I, gaps. No, I think the earnings were the 50 to the 67 gap on Pinterest. And what was I don't the know 45... what that other one was. I don't know. Spencer, could you guidance. check that? <laughs> it was guidance out of the earnings. What was what was the date? Uh the date was uh, the 20, 21st, October twenty first. Perhaps the night of the twentieth, morning of the twenty first. Probably the night. Pinterest comes out with their news at night, probably on the twentieth, unless it was an individual, you know, macro catalyst that gapped it up that day. Uh, yeah, it was. It it happened because it gapped up on the. Was 20th. that Snapchat? No, that was that, that was, was Snapchat. No, no, no. That yeah, was yeah, yeah. It might have been. That was the Snapchat earnings, I think. When Twitter gapped up, Pinterest gapped up. I feel like that was Snapchat day. All right, Spencer, what do you think? Uh, I think maybe uh, you could be right. I yes, think it was Snap. Snap. I remember Snap had the big gap up and then pins yeah. and, and Twitter because they trade off of it started really running. Yeah, so, yeah you're right. Yeah, and then I think that, that was Snapchat also, earnings. Also that same day, that same day, uh, Pinterest got up like several upgrades. But you're right, it was this. It was they got a Goldman upgrade that day, but it was it was also the the Snapchat, the Snapchat earnings. And those three stocks, I pair those up, and they've you know paired well. Obviously, Twitter went the opposite way on earnings, but when you have earnings, you can't be pairing those things. Just on when the absence of news, those three stocks do tend to trade together to a certain extent. So Pinterest. How do you Twitter, trade them? You, you you do arbitrage. You just buy all. Yeah, three? some short one, long the <laughs> other. I, I trade those. Don Bray used to call it the piston strategy. When you got more than two pairs going on, he'd have like four. He'd do it with the island. So you know, stocks going up like down. He got the pistons right. To, you could say Detroit too. It's a good analogy for it. But um, I think he coined that the piston trading strategy. Where you know you're trading four or five stocks all in a group, and as one comes down, you're buying that one, and one goes up, you're shorting that one, and you're just saying that eventually they're going to come back up those pistons, and then when they come back in line, you get out, and then it shoots the other way, and then you short the one and buy the other. So the stocks that are all relationship based, you're always fading. It's just a basic fade trade, but he called it the piston trade. Don Bright, rest in peace. Awesome strategies taught me so much over his years. All right. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, Spencer, you're yep. manning the wheel here. What else you got for us? Well, we'll have Jeff Hirsch on in about five or six minutes. Uh, Dennis, you mentioned Tesla at the at the top of the show. Did you trade the S&P announcement on Friday? Um, no. <laughs> you mean the, the AIV throwing it out? <laughs> yeah. So AIV is out. And it, all, it, I, they, also, they also announced Tesla's joining the S&P 100 and then Oxy's out. 
Yeah. And I was like, I saw AIV hit my filter and I'm asking my buddy, I'm like, what's going on with AIV? And then I see the headline. I was like, oh, that's going on with AIV. So it's the one getting the boot. So no, I did not trade. The S&P ads, there, there is an algorithm that is all over S&P ads and S&P deletes. And, and, and you know, from the smaller ones, the bigger ones, that algorithm is operating in the millisecond time frame. It's hard to beat. Sometimes it can be wrong and it can overshoot. And in some cases, I've actually cited those examples where you'll Look have a stock Axie. added to yeah. the S&P and it goes down because it was a bigger component in the S&P index that it's coming out of. That is not the case in Tesla. It's going to be a huge component and obviously the S&P 500. So the net effect to buy is there. So it's all about arbitrage effects. But anyways, no, I did not trade IOD. Oxy's up. Accidental yeah. petroleum. Yeah. yeah. So it's all staying right. in the 500, but it's it's out of the 100. Okay. And Tesla will be in there. Because um, we talked about that last week. All right, 830 here. Let's talk Neo here for a second. We talked, we, they, they announced their offering last week, but they didn't price it. They priced it this morning, 68 uh, million share offering at $39 per share. I mean, we talked about this on Friday when the stock was trading $43. I actually yep. wish I would have shorted it, but you know, we warned everybody on this show that if this offering price comes out, this stock's going to go lower yet. So I don't want to be long the stock until I know what the offering price is. So the people who heeded the advice hopefully didn't buy it. And obviously, we don't give investment advice, but I was saying I would lay off if it was me on my opinion. Um, and obviously proven correct here once again, because they price this thing below. That's typically what they do. So you usually want to wait until you got the offering price. We got that NEO now. So now that 39 level becomes like a floor for it. Obviously, the EV trade for now, off again. for now, for now. Yep. and it's yep. a big level too because it kind of coincides nicely with the February second low of thirty-eight forty-three. So I have technicals backing up too. So thirty-nine is huge now. Does it bounce off that level? Well, it did perfectly this morning, and the person selling at thirty-nine isn't reading technicals either because we talk about or listening to the show because we talk about that offering price being you know a potential floor, and it bounced right off of there this morning. Yeah, it did. And. Uh... Barron's, Barron's came out on these stocks. I didn't read the whole article. I was kind of watching a Michigan basketball game and reading Barron's. And, uh, but there was some neg negativity on, on these stocks and a few other ones. What are, what are these XPNG? Well, XPEV, coincidentally XP. here, has a, a, had a, a buy rating. I believe it might even be an upgrade here this morning. There is some analyst action on it. Who's the analyst that got down dirty XPV, Spencer? Oh, I didn't, the bus? I didn't actually see that one. I that got thing, it. I find things, it here one they're, they're so lightly covered that like one, one even, even if it's a small shop. It's not rating. a small shop. It's a big tier, and it's Deutsche Bank. They started Ooh. at a buy here this morning, and they see multiple winners in new EV world order. I'm just reading the note here right now. They put a price target of $58 on it. Um, the analyst comments are, we introduced the Fab Four, Neo XPeng, LI, Auto, and WM Motor in September. I believe these upstarts represented an emergence, emerging class of automakers backed by large, well-capitalized tech titans and ambitious local governments looking to disrupt the auto industry. I mean, okay, and then it goes on and on and on. But they are bullish here this morning. Deutsche Bank is a big gun. They obviously have a lot of influence here, and that is why XPEV is not ignoring Neo this morning and is going up because uh, Deutsche Bank is getting bullish. You all know what I'm going to do on this one. I mean, a big old move like that. They're rescuing it at 42.45. You had your high over 70 bucks, 58.50 to 60. I mean, get up there. Palms out. I'll see what happens there. I'm not going to. Yeah, but uh, we're I, at 58. We're at 50, We're at 45 right now. Is there a trade here along? I think uh, there is. Yeah, leaning on that low. Yep. Leaning on the low. Yep. I would lean on the low, the 4284. You got an analyst behind here this morning. I would not be fading this up move. It might, you know, and nope. these things are it's a wild 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 stock. So anything can happen. But, you know, other things being equal, when I see a stock that's been had the shit kicked out of it, for lack of a better word, and hey, it really Raz, has. how you doing there? I know, I had to throw it out there. <laughs> Raz said it's okay. But $74 okay. and S-H-I-T isn't really that bad a word. Although don't say it in front of my kids. And I hope <laughs> 74.49 down to $42 is an S-H-I-T kicking. Yes. So it needed somebody to come to the defense of it. It got that this morning. Would I liked it to have been Goldman Sachs? Sure. But Deutsche Bank is influential as well. They are major over in overseas, obviously. This is a, a, a Chinese company here. 
Um, it, where is XPV? Is it China? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, they're covered over there. I think you look at pullbacks here, maybe, I don't know, at 46, does this thing have yeah. a potential to go to 50? Yeah, I kind of like it. I kind of like it even at 46, even tracing it a little bit here. But again, leaning on the low of the move. And I like the way Joel's lined this up here. He's looking at the potential to a 58 trade. I don't know if it's got that much gas in it, but I think it's got room to 50. So I could get on the bandwagon. Again, all these stocks move together. So if you start seeing the EV trade come off, this will come off. This is one of the leaders. It's not great that NEO is down here today, but who knows? NEO could bounce off that 39 and hold out. So we got to watch what NEO does too. If NEO starts taking out 39, it will drag XPEV down with it. But mm -hmm. as of right now, NEO's holding up okay considering the offering. So I kind of like that, the call here from Deutsche Bank. All right. 8.35, I want to bring on our guest here, Jeff Hirsch. He's the editor-in-chief of the Stock Traders Almanac. Joining us now, Jeff, good morning. Good morning. Videos fail to start. Videos fail. You know, it's okay. We'll blame it on Google. Windows Google. is messing with me today. Google's having all sorts of problems. We'll just blame it on I Google. I know. My kids were almost not having school today. They were very excited. <laughs> oh, that's that would be a way to get out of school. Beats the, this beats the old fire drill uh, trick, you know, the old oh. fire alarm trick, which you got in trouble. I never did it, but some people did. You could unplug the mom and Special dad. We don't that. have school today, and you could just unplug the router. I mean, you think some smart hacker kids would figure this out already? Oh <laughs> my lord! And I, I also was talking with my buddy that teaches up in Maine. Mm -hmm. So much for snow days, right? That's terrible. I've always been concerned about the, the dependency the schools are, are giving, you know, relying on Google for this. I just, you know, something like this is bound to happen. And, and being a, you know, a Microsoft Word and Excel kind of guy, like, it just, I can't stand having everything just constantly floating and changing in, in, in Google Classrooms. It's very complicated, very difficult as a parent to, to keep track of stuff in there. I don't, I'm not sure it's the best way. All right, Jeff. So when I, anyway. I, I when I invited you on the show, I'm like, man, you're gonna have a tough year writing the almanac <laughs> this year. I mean, holy, I don't know where you had a pandemic chapter or uh, you know what we've had experience in 2020, and you gave me an interesting response. Why don't you uh, share that with our listening audience? Oh my God! Why don't you remind me what it what it was? Because I don't remember <laughs> what I said off the cuff. I mean, it was probably something to the effect like we've seen this stuff before. There have yes. been, you know, major issues. Uh, the Almanac does have data that goes back before the 1918 uh, pandemic, but um, we've been through wars. Uh, we've been through major, you know, cultural, social, economic shifting events. Um, so it, it, there's not a a huge data set of these things, but it's, it's not on, you know, unheard of. It's, um, it's something that, um, you know, was definitely a shocker to all of us when it hit, you know, March 16th, uh, 23rd in that area was, was, it was a, a rough patch, but, um, we've seen those kinds of corrections before we've seen, you know, uh, oil embargoes and, and all sorts of things really, you know, hurt the economy, um, or at least, uh, hurt the market. Um, but it's something that the market, I think, has has moved past. Uh, I've been noting in my in my commentary the return of seasonality uh, starting around September. Um, I got a, a chart. I don't know if you want to go to my website or, other, or, or whatever. There's a chart there, the S&P, where I highlight. Um, I don't think I can do my video still. No, it's not working. Uh, maybe I can share that. Um, let's see. Here, my, my screen it sharing up there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it, but Jeff, you, you can also share your screen and, it, and pull it, it up. Sharing? Yes, yeah. it is. You see something? Yeah, All we right. got so you. So let's gotcha. jump. Let's jump to this chart right here. Um, my little arrows and uh, and lines here. This is you know from the end of this of November when we did our, our uh, you know December outlook. Hey Jeff, it's, can you can you just zoom in on that a little bit? Oh, just like Command Plus a few times. There you go. What do yeah, you want a Mac? Perfect. Better. Much better. You want a Mac? Command plus? Okay. Control plus, command plus. Give me a break. It's control, <laughs> it's control mouse wheel. <laughs> <laughs> control alt delete. That's my favorite. Uh, that doesn't work so much anymore. But uh, as you can see, you know, um, more typical 
downward September action, end of October, big November move after the election. So um, up until then, you know, after the big the big uh, low in, in March, um, you know, and, and you got to realize that the scale on the right side is for 2020 because the amplitude of the moves this year was so much greater than, than the averages. But you can see the separation here in the summer where seasonality, that, that usual worst six months, worst four months stuff was just not not happening at all. Everyone was, you know, getting back uh, um, after the, the big bear market correction there. So um, just a little reminder, seasonality is back in style. I mean, if you think about what we've had here in early December, we've had a little weaker patch, kind of the beginning of tax loss selling or not the beginning, the, the beginning of the end of tax loss selling. Um, and we're seeing a setup for, for a mid-December move, especially small caps. I mean, there's, there's, um, a couple of trades that if you want me to jump around, I know you guys are much more trader oriented than um, myself per se, but here's a copper trade, the seasonal uh, copper trade. We like the, uh, you know, the ETF there, the JJC is a way to trade that. You can see this move uh, where copper tends to bottom at the construction sort of lull. Um, maybe we'll get a boom, a boost from the economy opening up again with the, with the vaccines going out there. So there's a, uh, a little copper trade. Also, the the, the CPR, uh, CPER, excuse me, is a is a um, an opportunity there. We put out an oil and gas trade. Oil coming into season here. Uh, this is the um, XLE, not the um, USO type of trade for us. The the actual stocks, the Exxon's, and um, and and uh, Chevron's and such. Pardon yeah, me. You can I just want to be clear. Uh, we're on your site, stocktradersalmanac.com right now, correct? Yeah, this is this is paid. Yep. This is paid for content that I'm scrolling you through. Yeah, we get that free stuff. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is your free trial. Inside luck. This, this is what we put out uh, to our subscribers. So you get a quick look at that. I mean, again, if anybody wants to come and check out the site, they can, I'm logged in as my partner right now, the admin. But you could, you know, there's a free, uh, if I log out, you know, you go here and you hit the free trial thing. You know, you can go in. Uh, so, so Jesse, you kind of already answered my question, which was, what are you seeing as far as like conventional seasonality? If it went like, if seasonality went out the window in the spring and summer, uh, but you're yeah. you're seeing it come back a little bit. Most definitely, uh, I'm seeing it. You know, intramonth overall since September, we're seeing this early week December action, beginning of the month. You know, after the first few days, very typical. Um, it's encouraging. You know, uh, it was it was definitely off kilter uh, from you know February through through August. So then, I'm sorry. As far as January, you're looking, for, you're anticipating a, a a typical January effect. Um, well, let's define January effect. Great, great point. Uh, the January effect is uh, historically known as the small cap effect, where small caps outperform large caps in the month of January. That actually is more of a mid-December effect these days. We've seen that shift, which is featured in the Almanac, where small caps like the Russell 2000, even though they're kind of more mid-caps these days, will outperform the S&P or the, or the big caps for the last two weeks of December and then in the first couple of weeks of January. The January barometer, the, the creation, one of the uh, found foundations of the Almanac uh, by, created by Yale Hirsch, who is 97, who I saw a few weeks ago. Essential care visits are back on, so I got to go in there, get a rapid test, and go see the old guy. Um, but January barometer is as the S&P goes in January, so goes the year. That's taken a couple of hits recently, still uh, historically um, a stronger indicator of what's ahead for the year to come. We've even built on it, standing on Yale's shoulders by combining our Santa Claus rally. And that's not just any rally, you know, from Halloween through March, which people tend to throw around out there, a December rally. It's the last five trading days of the year and the first two of the new year. Another one of Yale's creations in 72. Uh, and his famous line, if Santa Claus should fail to call, bears may come to Broad and Wall. So we see a usual rally around the last few days, five days, year, first couple of New Year's, you know, one and a half percent or so S&P. And when it doesn't appear, you know, it's it's usually a, a sign you're going to have lower prices or a correction or a flat year. Um, last six times have, have been that 08 and 2000 were perfect examples, um, as well as 2016. We had that that little bear uh, 
um, ended in, in February. And then we have the first five trading days of January early warning systems. We put all three of those together for what we call the January indicator trifecta. Uh, layering a few indicators together gives you a little more strength, a little more um, uh, um, you know, accuracy going forward. But in general, since we're talking about January seasonality, um, we've seen profit taking go, you know, pick up more in January. January's um, weakened uh, in, in the last couple of decades. I know you guys are, are traders. You, you ever, ever heard of the January break in the S&P pits? That no, tell, no, what? No, tell me an about old, it. An old uh, correction, old profit taking um, trade. My buddy, uh, I guess Danny Riley, you know, Mr. Top Step down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Got to go visit Danny down at Delray again soon. But uh, um, he, he's one of the guys that, you know, would talk about that a little bit. It's an old uh, uh, pit trader um, seasonality or trend or pattern to look out for. And I think that's that's come home to roost a bit more in recent years where January, you know, the, used to be a pretty straight bullish month, part of the best three months, November, December, January. We have seen more weakness uh, in the broad market, um, you know, U.S. stocks in January. So. Um, we'll probably get a year-end rally, uh, and then you know look for a little bit of a soft patch in, in the middle of January again. Um, but I still think the best six months will, will have some strength. There's a chart in the New Almanac uh, about um, you know post-election years um, with incumbent wins and losses, and then I put together something that's out there showing uh, you know new Democrats, uh, admittedly small. Uh, um, database, small, small uh, statistical data set with like four uh, um, in the last, you know, I, I do a lot of this stuff since 49 because the world changed after World War II and after that that first bear market. So from 49 through 2019, there was four new Democrats uh, coming in after beating the Republicans and four new Republicans. And uh, those four new Democrats, uh, not including Jimmy Carter, uh, did quite well. So you remember Carter's first year was, was kind of rough. Um, but new Democrats with with Clinton and uh, Obama and I guess uh, God who was the other one I got to look at my book I'm, I'm drawing a blank um, I guess Kennedy since we go back that far yeah those, their first years as you know first term first year were pretty strong so you know that, that's a that's a positive for next year and you know you got to look at the fundamentals out there we don't just look at seasonals we're looking at um, Tacticals, uh, like you guys do a lot of, and and the underlying, you know, forces out there with the pandemic and and the um, vaccines, and you know, I got friends that are in the bar and restaurant business, and they're having trouble around here in the New York area, and seeing New York City shut indoor dining, they did, yeah, is, I saw is that. Not yep. is not good for those those people, and they're you know, there's those are their livelihoods, so that's, you know, um, I'm gonna throw you a curveball here, Jeff. You ready? Oh. You throwing anything in there about Bitcoin? Me, I I have not gotten my my hand around Bitcoin. It's it's I know it's something that people are, are working on. I think there's something to you know to say about blockchain going forward, running, keeping track of things. But it's not it's not something I'm tracking right now. I know um, some people, other friends in the business that are coming out with new Bitcoin tradable products down the line, but. Uh, yeah, it, I'm not. I'm not able to really get my hands around. It's not going to make it. it. And then um, I was looking at your site now. Uh, the um, the almanac. You can you can purchase that besides being a subscriber, correct? Yes. Okay. Is that out? Is that out for next year? You know, we ha our publisher had an, some some issues, and it's just supposedly coming to our. I think it's they're shipping it out this week to us. It's in their warehouse, so it's out, but it's late. Okay. And I'm not happy about it, but you know, what are you going to do this year? You know, I'm not sure it was, it was all COVID related, but it, it may be. Um, so we'll be sending them out to our subscribers, but uh, hopefully towards the end of this week, if not early next, um, it comes free with a subscription, but you can go buy the book. I mean, Amazon's taking orders for it. If you, if you buy your books that way, you can reach out to us. We'll, we'll sell you one too, but um, wherever you, wherever you get your books, you can get them. I was going to mention something else about the stuff I'm looking at. You know, sentiment's pretty high, um, pretty exuberant. Uh, you guys look at put call ratios at all? You ever? So yep. the one I track, the one Yale trained me on tracking for years is, is the the weekly one out of Barron's, the Barron's lab pages. And 
I back in 01 when we reformatted our newsletter, I started a Excel spreadsheet database of all of the the weekly indicators, which are all, you know, it's from a sheet in the back of the almanac, the record keeping section, where you keep track of what's going on. You know, we got put call, high, low, advanced declines, new highs, new lows, that kind of stuff. The 39, the 0.39 that Barron's had, I think it was last week, not this current one, the week before, was the lowest number, the lowest put call ratio I have in that database going back to um, about June 2001, May 2001, when I started tracking it. Um, Pretty decent set of data. I mean, that's 20 some odd years or, or about 20 years. Um, so that's pretty exuberant. Uh, also, so that's, you, you look at that as a bearish indicator. Um, I don't know about bearish, but definitely, definitely putting putting the correction uh, um, thoughts out there. That's there's definitely room for okay. a pullback, room to pull up. Some, that kind of see these contra indicators from what I've seen are much more indicative at extreme you know, right. highs or at extreme fear levels. Like when you get up to one or near 1.0 on the put call, that's something that's a little bit clearer. They can stay high, just like tops are a process and bottoms are an event, you know, uh, bullish sentiment, ex excessive bullish sentiment can be there. I mean, look at when, when Greenspan put out the irrational exuberance. I mean, the market rallied for quite, a, quite some time after that comment. So it's just something to keep your eye on. It can also work itself off with a little bit of uh, profit taking and selling and investors intelligence bullish uh, advisors presents pretty up there too. And the difference between bulls and bears is, is wide. So, you know, caution with some trading, uh, you know, generally U S equities um, prone for a little bit of a correction. At yeah. the, minimum. The, the irrational exuberance speech was in, in December of 96. Right. So it took four years, or, well, a little <laughs> over three years, a little over three years for for the market to top out. All right, we've been on with Jeff Hirsch. He's the editor-in-chief of the Stock Traders Almanac. He got some fans in our chat, Jeff, who say they buy the Almanac every single year. Uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, next time we'll have to get you on video, but yeah. uh, have a good one and uh, stay safe. Be well. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, 8.51. I, I just want to cover one more before we go to the chat. I I, I want to get to this SWI uh, this morning, this Solar Winds. Looks like this company is, is at the center of the latest hacking scandal a uh, bunch of reports over the weekend uh, saw from the Washington post and others that Russia is, is eventually event, uh, basically uh, took advantage of, of a system update in solar winds, which is the company and, and the name of their product and, and the entire government and the DOD and all these big companies use this software. Uh, so SWB SWI is, is looks like it was at the center of what Russia was able to 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 hack uh, with just the latest cybersecurity incident between you know <laughs> us and, and another country, so I'm not surprised to see it down this morning. I would expect you, this the, the company and the the stock and the software would get a lot of media play today and in, in this week because from what from what and this is really complicated, but from what it looks like, this company is sort of at the center of their software. Was was what was vulnerable to this hack? You know what? This level's so well defined, Joel. Uh, yeah. I'll take the technicals because this is just a pitch up the middle. It's nineteen. Now, it, it bounced off there in the pre-market. And if you look back to September, so many lows in that area. I mean, nineteen is the level here. That's the level that it obviously needs to hold. I think it holds that. A lot of times you see these headlines. We get a breach in the company's software, and they slam it down. And then eventually, you know, three months later, people have forgotten about it, and the stock's back. So, you know what? I would be so inclined. I don't know much about this company. I know it does IT. You know, I know it's an IT management software company. That's all I know about it. Um, but just knowing, you know, that a lot of times you see these hacks, and then a couple months later, it's not a major issue unless you're Equifax. Um, SWI 19, I kind of like that level. Do you know why this stock has been rallying as of late? No. The name. You think it's the people saying it's a solar stock? Solar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. <laughs> I mean, I you mean, don't know anything about the company. Yeah, I didn't know anything about the company, and uh, it's been solar some broad. Solar's been hot. <laughs> yeah. How many people own this thinking it's a solar stock? 
I don't know, but now they know that it's not. Um, or just like a day change. Well, now it's in trouble. Can we just tell everybody it's not a solar stock? <laughs> I, I don't know. We talked about this on the pre pre market show, and I'm like, wow, you know, I thought, wow, they, they're going to hit this. And uh, they did. And now you're coming back. I mean, you, you know, Dennis talks, you see those kind of level like 19, you see that in the pre market, and then you got to bounce over 21. Makes you, I mean, we're back here at 1965. But I think it adds, you know, more credibility to that. You know, people are like, "Oh, I missed it," and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to get another shot at 19." I can buy a solar stock down yeah. 16 percent this yeah, morning. Yeah, <laughs> And uh, real quick, irrational exuberance story. Uh, that was back when we were on the oldie desk, and uh, you know, once I heard that term, I loved it, and I did. You know, I kept on repeating it. And there was one guy on the desk for about a year, John. I can't think of what his last name was. Um, like a year after he said it, uh, someone mentioned, you know, that, that he had the Greenspan had made the comment and he goes, I thought that was Joel's comment. <laughs> John, if there's any oldie guys in here, he was Opie's assistant. If there's any oldie guys in here, I can't think of what his name was. But uh, yeah, that was not that was not mine. S&P's hanging out here right at 30, 3680. Let's go to the chat. We got about five minutes left in our show. There's a bunch of tickers thrown out. Uh, way too many for us to get to. Um, I don't know. I see Palantir. We talk about that every day. Talk about that stock. Let's look at the technicals here. I'm yeah. still in it. You know what it held? I don't like it. I didn't make a new high on the last move. That's somewhat concerning. It needs to get back up over 30, but That's it's kind of in the middle of nowhere here. This is a curveball at this price. I'm still long it, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't dump that thing the way you. Well, I, sh- I went up 30% in four <laughs> I know, days I since I bought the low. It's so I funny. I look at this time. Like, oh, oh Dennis is going to come on the show tomorrow and say he sold it. I put it because I wanted to like hold on to it. Like, yeah. Story. Like space. I, uh, right. Yeah, well, then I sell it anyway. So, what about Jamaya, too? I mean, you know, I'm still long a piece of Jamaya. I'm somewhat concerned that it actually kissed the high back from November 27th, like almost to the T yesterday or on Friday. That's somewhat concerning on the technicals. I wanted to get up over that 41, but I mean, all these story stocks you're setting up, it's hard to sell stocks right now when, you know, we just had Jeff Hirsch on, but we're setting up in this the seasonality like you could clearly you know the first chart that you looked at you can clearly see you know overall december is usually a very good month for stocks and we're still only part of the way through it is it going to pull the rug out from under us and is it going to be an ugly month for stocks i don't think so i think you have money managers here that are still chasing things i think you have people anticipating the santa claus rally um i think you have just a lot of people who have missed it and i think there's underneath demand and everything so Maybe it's going to pull the rug out and just, you know, we're not going to you know see it coming at us. That's probably going to be the case, but I'm not that nervous about the market right now. It's some, that somewhat makes me nervous and I'm not any, you know, usually I'm always <laughs> cautious, but I just feel like I'm holding on here because I feel like stocks are going higher still. PLTR pair lows at 25, but you're a ways away from that. And this couple highs in the same area too, you may want to keep an eye on. 2804, 2827. And so kind of a uh, not matching ranges, but keep an eye. Let's see if we can clear, get 2830 and then uh, test that three day high, 2865. Uh, Jemiah, uh, boom, boom, you mentioned that. that I like thing. the double top in place, but yeah. it's still got some moment wow. here. Well, there's a level, right? I know. Time, yep. 41. Yep. It's not the all-time high yet, though, Dennis, so don't be too worried about that. The all-time high is at uh, 48. I didn't even realize that. When it first came out, it was higher. I didn't never, the fr- I never well, went that uh, far. Actually, I thought it was that's, making all-time highs. I never went out and looked that far. Actually, it's, it's even higher than that, 49.77. I'm sticking with what? the small piece I have. I've taken up most <laughs> of my position, though. All right, Spencer, what else? What about Insego here? They're getting a pop on a headline this morning. This is a 5G name, and uh, Vodafone Qatar launched a uh, launched a 5G service using Insego technology. Wow, so right back up. Kramer effect, too. It's not only that. Kramer had announced that the stock was going to be on Mad Money, and the stock went just berserk. Um, this was Friday. It opened to 13 and he announced that, and it ran to $15. Um, pulled back, obviously. Now it's $16 here. 
it's a smaller company. Robinhood could grab a hold of this thing. Full disclosure, I am still long a piece. I've sold some of my stock. Um, I sold some of it into the Kramer pop on Friday because because it was a big move fast. But I'm kind of regretting that already because here the thing's trading 16, uh, 20 this morning. And maybe there's some fundamental news like you're talking about too. But Kramer's behind this thing now too. So you know what? I I don't want to you know have targets and stuff. I don't usually you know throw targets out on something. But I think this thing could eventually see 20. You've got to get through the highs. The big number here, which we're trying to do today, and it looks like we're going to open as 15 and a quarter. So now you're at new highs on the move on this thing. It's a 5G story. Um, I've, you know, Kolb obviously on the desk has been talking about this from a fundamental basis forever, for years. We were all along it just because he kept talking about, oh, you got to own this one. This is going to be the 5G play. And you know what? He got this one right. And I, I rebought it around $10 there about a month ago. I'd sold it and I rebought it, and it was a good buy. I, I sold half of it though. I sold half into the Kramer pop because I was like, that was just too much too fast, I thought. But now it's 16, so I'm regretting the shares I sold. Uh, what's nice about this is that uh, you had two monthly highs, and we're going all the way back to 07 and 08. And you had highs at 16.73, a high at six, uh, 16.73. That was your high in January of 07. 1680 that was your high in february of 08 or still yeah these are both 08 and then your pre-market high is right there too so that's just a good level potential target and uh uh longer term yeah why not think about 20 bucks in this one i think but, so uh, i think nice, nice are you still on it did you do you have a joel did you ever have this one uh i did and i'm long gone what uh are you still long it spencer no, I'm long gone. Well, we were all long it, and I think we're all at. I, I Everybody, because Cole kept us saying, "Oh, this is the five G play." So we were all like, "Okay, I'll throw some speculative." I, I sold it right before, right before that earnings drop in in like April. I sold it right before that. I originally bought this at a dollar fifty, and and that's how much Cole was all over it. Um, Spartan trader on what what's his Twitter handle? If you want to follow him, he's yeah, actually pretty good in this five G stuff. I think that's Spartan. Yeah, Spartan. I think it's his handle, Spartan Trader. Oh, I'll I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tweet him out there and give him some props here today. So if you follow me on tr- Twitter, I'm Triple D Trader. Um, I'll, I'll tweet him out and you can give him a follow too. But he's been all over this. This was his play. This was his, you know, fundamental research, and he just kept saying this is going to be the player in five G. It's going to be one of the small cap players in five G, which could really, you know, go. And his target was always ten bucks. But I mean, the thing's sixteen here now, and I think he's still trading it long. So. I don't know. The technicals just set up. Robin Hood grabs a hold of this thing. Could be 5G is going to be a story in 2021. I kind of want to hold on to the rest of the shares I have. So I think I'm going to stick with it. I think it could go to 20. A couple people in the Benzinga.com chat noting also that they had the contract with T-Mobile announced last week where their their, their technology is also uh, available on T-Mobile. So that that's obviously a big deal as well. What's the market cap of this thing? I mean, it's still a really small couple, couple hundred. Company. I don't know if I had a guess. Top, top of my head, I would say couple like two hundred million, three hundred million. That's a, I have no idea though. That's just a guess. That's really small. I could oh no, wrong. it's one point three billion now. So oh, it was wow. a couple hundred million. <laughs> it's gonna, All right, so it's actually starting to get some. Buy it. I would buy. I would go to the bank right now and get a loan for that for two hundred million. Uh, or you'd buy the company outright if it was only two hundred million. Joel what? A, uh, people are asking about this BEP. Uh, is there is there it a is special a split today? Oh, it I, I don't know. I don't follow the story close enough, but my software adjusts for everything, and it, my software is showing me thirty eight sixty eight at the close. So it, it's going to be right. That's a reorg, you know. So it's going to probably be correct. So it's actually up six percent here this morning. I don't know if this split three for two. I'm not sure because I don't follow the story. I'm, I, I just you know saw some people talking that there was a split. I'm assuming that's correct. It's not a perfect split, obviously, because 58. So you know, obviously, maybe there's a spinoff. I'm not sure. I don't follow the story, but I can tell you the adjusted close for my software is 38.68. So that's telling me um, the stock is up five percent today, actually. All right. So- and what about Dropbox? Because this got speculation on friday yeah. that it was a takeover target i'm not sure where the information maybe is that where yep, the information came out and said dropbox and mongodb are mongodb which is an mdb yep. both these stocks continue to blast off here this morning i know yes on fast money friday night i believe uh michael i don't want to say his name wrong michael cow is that how show michael show 
anyways, uh, he's the guy, their options guy. Sorry, Michael, if I said your name. <laughs> anyways, um, so he he was speculating too in the options that he was seeing something there. So I mean, this thing is lifting with the CNBC love too. So it's up, up here again this morning, twenty four ten. It's been a dog for a long time. I mean, stocks are in play, technicals go away. I don't know if there's anything to these rumors or if they're just rumors. Obviously, nothing materializes. It may eventually start to leak again. But it's also a sleepy stock that has done nothing. And once these sleepy stocks start to wake up, it's when the Robinhood crowd starts to grab a hold of them. So I wouldn't want to be short it for that reason, but I'm not long it either. No position. Uh, I'll just alert people. It has it has peeled back. Um if you were up earlier this morning, uh, you couldn't. No, no, that's for Friday. No, that's for Friday. Okay. After oh, that's after hours action on Friday, folks. Where did it get yeah. to on Friday after hours? Twenty five fifty seven. Probably because the CNBC featured it. Right. Right. Yep, and it's right action. at that time. Yep, five o'clock, seventeen hundred. Good call. Well, just folks on these charts here, just for clarification. Uh, so uh, we can see. Oh, that would. I have chart up. And as, as, as you do that. Spinner noting in the business.com chat that NEWR and BOX were also mentioned as as well as Dropbox. BOX. And what was the other one? NEWR were also mentioned. In New that Relic, eh? That's okay. Joel, back to your point. Oh, just the, the, I don't know, what what's that light blue? Is that, that's what the, color is that? I'm kind of colorblind. That's the teal, right? Teal, the teal and the purple are after our... The purple uh, magenta. magenta. I don't know what the hell they are. Um, those are after hours in pre-market. And then as you see over here, you know, once you start to get into the regular session, it's red and green. So just if you're wondering all those different colors, that's thanks to uh, Gary in the chat, who's uh, been helping me with trade station. So thank you, Gary. Magenta or, or cyan. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, uh, I'm going to wrap it up here, uh, pulling up our disclaimer so you can see it. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. There's more disclaimer text there. Uh, we appreciate our guest today, Jeff Hirsch. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. We appreciate all the comments and questions and everything else in our chats, both on Benzinga.com on YouTube and on Benzinga Pro. Catch SPAC attack at 11 o'clock. Jason and Luke are on at noon. Joel and I are back at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time. Until then, everyone have a good rest of your day. Stay safe wherever you are and good luck in your trading. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.